Broadcasting from the heartland of America in the Hoosier Media Network Studios. The next generation in conservative talk radio. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. What's up? Welcome into it. It is the Voice of Reason's weekend edition right here on the Hoosier Media Network, broadcasting out of the heart of the nation in Wichita, Kansas, and the Hoosier Media Network studios. What a concept, right? Hitting it in the bunker the way we do every single weekend. So wonderful to have you with us. What a week, and it is madness as we broadcast here every single weekend. Welcome into it. You can find us on radio, TV, live streaming, podcasting, however you do it. You can find our social media at Hoosier Reason. That's H-O-O-S-E-R Reason. No I in Hoosier. Also, our website at HoosierReason.com. You can send us a like on that. Follow us, become the latest Hoosier Holic, which we always appreciate and love you to death. We are going to cram so much into the next two hours, your brain's going to hurt just a little bit. So we are, uh, for those, that, and I know that we have a lot of radio stations that broadcast this program uh, delayed, which is totally fine, and we love you to death. Uh, but we are live on Saturday afternoon, right in the middle or right towards the end of the Conservative Political Action Conference. So we may be going to that live throughout the program today because right now Vivek Ramaswamy speaking we just got done with watching the president of Argentina Javier Milley that spoke and I tell you what that dude's a genius absolutely phenomenal we have some audio clips we'll play from that and if President Donald Trump speaks live during this broadcast we will maybe pipe that up and stream that live on this show as well so we have that there's a lot to get to obviously going on today as well being the primary for the state of South Carolina going into this one the home state of Nikki Haley where she went into the day down by 35 points over former President Donald Trump. 60 to 35 was the latest poll, according to NBC, with Donald Trump having a dominating lead over Nikki Haley. Nikki saying that she has no intention of dropping out, even if she ends up losing this race here in South Carolina, which, by the way, South Carolina being an open uh, open primary, which means that you can be registered in either Republican or Democrat, and you can still vote in whichever one side that you want. The Democrats already had their primary, so if the Democrat didn't vote in that primary, they can show up today and vote for one of the other candidates to try and sway that election. And the only hope that Nikki Haley has of staying alive, according to all of the numbers that show it, is the fact that she's banking on a lot of money and a lot of uh, voters coming in from the Democrat side to keep her alive in South Carolina. So we're going to break all that down and more coming up on the program uh, today, especially with this one, because the polls show overwhelmingly that she is not popular even in her home state. Kind of interesting, right? As we get into our latest and what's trending. What's trending today? So according to CBS News, we see the latest numbers going into Election Day today that hey, Nikki Haley, being from South Carolina, 75% of the voters say that made no difference in their uh, opinion of who they're going to vote for in this election. Not saying they would vote for her or not vote for her, but 75% of South Carolinians, is that what you say? Carolinians? Carolinians? What is that, Chad? Is that the right, right, for, right, right, right way to say that one? 75% of people in South Carolina say it makes no difference that that's her home state and that she was the former governor of that state. 20% say it's more likely for them to vote for her because of, with 5% saying it's less likely to vote for her on that front as well. Another question that CBS News asked some of their viewers was, is Haley part of the quote-unquote MAGA movement? 76% say, no, she's not. And the polls show at the end of the day that Trump was still up 65 to 30 going into election day. The kicker here, which I find kind of an odd question to ask during a presidential primary survey, was they asked the question, what is more important to you in your vote? 
state issues versus national issues. And obviously, 89% of people said the national issues were the top priority. I would think I could just be thinking outside the box here. It could be a little bit weird. But I would think that focusing on national issues would be a priority when you're voting in a presidential preference primary. Now, if you're voting for a governor or for a legislative seat in the state, then I would say that maybe the state issues would actually be the top priority, but the media not quite understanding how this thing actually works. So uh, 87%, by the way, I already say they're firmly decided on what their decision is. Uh, that would be majoritively in the Trump voting category. So we'll see. Uh, we don't obviously have any numbers yet. The polls are still open in the state of South Carolina, but we'll keep track on as any information continues to roll through throughout the weekend program here on the voice of reason have no fear my friends we're getting you all covered up here the only live political talk show on the weekend that we have covering as much as we can have no fear the voice of reason is here that being said just a few moments ago vivek ramaswamy was at it talking about uh donald trump and uh, moved away from the campaign trail in south carolina to talk about what's going on at cpac and this is what he had to say just moments ago what does it mean to put america first it means two things, two basic things. One is that we, the people, create a government that is accountable to us, not the other way around. That the people who we elect to run the government ought to be the ones who actually run the government. Not the shadow government in the deep state that's pulling the strings today. So if there's one thing that Donald Trump, I have full confidence, is going to get done as the next U.S. president, it will be to finally tame that bureaucracy, shut down that deep state. That is what draining the swamp is all about. Here's how we're going to do it. Get in there and fire 75% of federal bureaucrats. Actually shut down government agencies that should no longer exist. Fire people who have done a bad job in their positions. Eight-year term limits for the bureaucrats. Man, all right. He goes on. I, we're going to have some long audio clips today because they these guys know how to really get you fired up. I, I've said this before. If you've never been to a CPAC convention, highly recommend it. Highly recommend it. It really gets your uh, energies flowing. It gets you excited. It gets you pumped up, which I think we need, especially during an election year. And sometimes when we're on the battlefront here, when we are the front lines of the war, that is the campaigns and knocking on doors and getting it from the media and getting it from the pundits and getting people knocking on your doors and trying to get ready for election season. When all of that's bombarding you and you hear all this negativity every day, day in and day out from the mainstream media, going to something like this refuels that tank, gets you feeling good. So we'll cover that as the show continues on here. Bottom of the hour, we do have Mike Hill on the program. He is a former state legislator from the great state of Florida. He's going to talk to us about some policy changes that are going on in the state of Florida as Ron DeSantis, governor down there, is working on ways to stop crime and stop theft in the state. Now, this has been a point of conversation for a while. How do you stop the crime rates? Obviously, crime's going up across the nation, some of it from our own, some of it from the migrants that have been flooding in across, which there was, the media is finally starting to admit how devastating this actually is, with 10 million migrants coming in since the Biden administration took hold. And the funny part is, is that they say that now that the 10 million is more so than the population of 36 states in the nation, right? I mean, I know. Kind of ridiculous, kind of absurd, but nonetheless, the media finally beginning to admit some of the shenanigans out there, and they're a little perplexed at the numbers. Say what? So we have to continue to remind them about how devastating this immigration policy is from the Biden administration. Nonetheless, we're seeing crime rates across the nation. 
And not just for migrants. We're seeing it from our own. We're seeing the homeless populations rise. We're seeing drug addiction rise. We're seeing fentanyl rise. We're seeing massive crime all over the country. And the question is why? Whether it's violent crime, whether it's drug-related crime, whether it's whatever other crime that you could, I guess, whatever definition they want to make, how do we lower the crime rates? There are some ideas out there, which is what we're going to talk about with Mike Hill at the bottom of the hour in the state of Florida, but others have some other ideas as well, including one, and I don't know if you saw this in our Weekend Review. It's your Weekend Review. But there is a civil rights attorney in the nation by the name of Ben Crump. Don't know if you've heard this name, but headline to Fox News that Ben Crump was running a special. And by special, I mean he was doing a quote-unquote roundtable discussion. And by roundtable discussion, I mean he was sitting around a pool table with other activists, including the Reverend Al Sharpton and others, that were talking about how, of course, the black community has been the victims of society since the beginning of time and how they're victimized and how we need to stop the victimization of minority communities and especially the black communities in America with the ongoing battle against systematic racism in the nation. And he had a brilliant idea. I don't know if you've heard this, Chad, but this is the idea that Ben Crump, the civil rights attorney, had while they're all wearing their three-piece suits, sitting around a pool table, having the fireside chat about ways to try and stop the systematic racism in the nation and the ways that you can actually get rid of crime in the country. It's like they come up with things to profile us for. And so whatever laws were made, I, I believe this with part of the thing in my heart. We can get rid of all the crime in America overnight, just like that. And people ask how, Attorney Crump, change the definition of crime. Of course, if you get to define what conduct is going to be made criminal, you can predict who the criminal is going to be. That doesn't sound like we're criminal, though. Yeah. Our existence no, is the criminal. They made the, laws they made the law to criminalize our culture, to fit up. black culture. Mm-hmm. That audio from Fox News, by the way. I want to play one that one more time. We did, we, so much- did we Did we get that? Did we play that, Rice? Is that the right one? Let's play that again because I'm quite confused on what he just said. Did he just say what I think he said? It's like they come up with things to profile us for. And so whatever laws were made, I, I believe this with far everything in my heart. We can get rid of all the crime in America overnight, just like that. And people ask how, Attorney Crump change the definition of crime. Of course, if you get to define what conduct is going to be made criminal, you can predict who the criminal is going to be. That doesn't sound like we're criminal, though. Yeah. Our existence no, is the criminal. But they made, made the, laws they made the law to criminalize our culture. To black culture. Mm-hmm. There you have it. That is attorney, uh, civil rights attorney Ben Crump. You know how you lower crime rates is just change the definition of what crime actually is because crimes are actually laws that were written by people trying to oppress black culture. Now, I may be the evil right-wing conservative talk radio host who's on the radio spouting about racism and fascism and Nazism from what the other side tries to accuse us of and some of the other talk radio show hosts in the country. I may be one of those ignorant fools that hasn't experienced systematic racism by being one of those white people in society. But I think that I'd have a little bit higher standard or a little bit understanding of a culture, whatever culture it may be. And I don't think that committing crimes is part of a culture. 
Now, this is the ongoing conversation that they've tried to say, saying that, you know, obviously law enforcement targets black individuals, targets. Uh, that's why there's so many uh, black and uh, blacks in the prison system compared to white individuals. And they try to break it down based on race. And they say, well, it's, be, it's because everybody commits crimes, but they only focus on trying to capture the minorities to throw them in jail as opposed to the others instead of making it uh, for everybody. They've evolved, or I guess you could say devolved from that conversation to now say that laws were specifically written to attack black culture. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know, right? That's that's where we're at today, is that we need to change the definition of crime because crimes are committed or by the laws that were written to uh, make crimes are to oppress black culture. I, I seem to have, and this could be the racism coming out in me, I seem to think that black culture doesn't revolve around committing crimes. I could be wrong there because I'm not part of that culture, but I'm trying to understand because according to the FBI data, 46% of violent crimes, 36% of drug crimes in the U.S. Uh, are from black individuals, but they only make up 14.4% of the uh, population in the nation. So they make the argument that obviously these laws are written to try and keep black individuals down. So violent crimes and drug-related crimes, meaning looting stores, beating people up, shooting individuals, or using drugs excessively and getting caught with them, that that is part of black culture. And the only way to stop black people from being in trouble with the crimes is to change the definition of crime because crime is actually done and written to make the crime against the culture of the black people in the nation. Am I missing something here? Because I think that's inherently racist to think that that's all you do is commit crimes as a black person. I could be wrong, though. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. It's America's political therapist. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Don't you worry, my friends. Your political therapist is here being able to therapy you on a weekly basis here on the program. You can find us all over our social media plus our website at HoosierReason.com. So now we've learned something that crimes are actually the violations of laws that were written to try and oppress black culture. So the only reason that we have any crime is because we're trying to oppress black culture. So if we just change the definition of what a crime is, then we wouldn't have the oppression of black culture, right? So I'm trying to wrap my head around that because if violent crime or drug crimes, meaning if you harm somebody else or if you do drugs that are illegal, if those are part of your culture, I'm trying to understand what culture is. Maybe that's where we need to go, right? Maybe we need a deeper understanding of what culture actually means, of what culture actually is. Is it just your culture to violently assault somebody or to steal their goods or to raid their business or to attack their home or to rape somebody or to shoot somebody? Is that anybody's culture? See, I have a little bit higher standard for individuals thinking that their culture is actually peaceful and it's nice and that we can learn things from them and that we can enjoy them because everybody has their own different culture. And that's for the beauty of the United States is a melting pot where all these cultures gather and we can just take and enjoy each of them all together and that we can live harmoniously together. Now, obviously, that doesn't always happen either, but I fail to think this is this is the the, the blatant racist victimization in society that we heard the argument against when we tried to say, hey, maybe we need voter identification or voter ID cards by a state-issued ID, even if you don't have a driver's license. 
If you don't drive like New York City or Chicago, if you don't have one because you live downtown, then you don't need a driver's license, but you need to get a state-issued ID. And the response from individuals like Al Sharpton and some of these other uh, civil rights activists or minority activists said that, no, no, that's racist because these individuals or many individuals were too poor or too stupid to know how to do it. Not my words, the words of the activists saying that those communities are victims by putting these laws in place to verify who you are when you go and vote. And to me, that would be a racist message. If I were of that community, I would be terribly offended. How dare you think that I'm too poor or stupid to figure out how to get a state-issued ID? I can't afford the 20 bucks to go to the, the DMV and get a state-issued ID, even if I don't get a driver's license? But that's the message from them. So the message here is that apparently black culture includes violent crimes and that we just need to change what that definition of a crime is in order for them to allow to commit the crime. But it's not considered a crime anymore because it's just part of the culture. So I'm trying to understand what culture actually is. So I want to go to the expert because obviously she is the primo expert when it comes to culture. Right. And she is a primo uh, articulate individual to understand and try to explain what this actually is. And of course, yes, I'm talking about our very own Vice President Kamala Harris. Culture is... Oh, by the way, i got to set this up for you as well. (laughs) This is uh, during a panel discussion over the last week again on her trying to describe what culture actually is. Culture is... It it is a reflection of our moment and our time, right? And, and, And present culture is the way we express how we're feeling about the moment. And... And we should always find times to express how we feel about the moment. That is a reflection of joy because, you know, it comes in the morning. (laughs) We have to find ways to also express the way we feel about the moment in terms of just having language and, and, and a connection to how people are experiencing life. And I think about it in that way, too. Um. I'm, I'm, what, what? So, (laughs) so Kamala Harris, according to her culture is an expression of a feeling that you get primarily in the morning. And that's what culture is. That's, that's her definition of what culture is a feeling that you get to express yourself primarily that happens early in the morning. I'm not getting any straight answers from the other side of the aisle. Maybe Mike Hill can explain it and help us out when we come back. Right around the corner, it's the weekend edition of The Voice of Reason. Stay right here. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Truth, reason, and common sense. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. And it is truth, reason, common sense, rationale. That's what we do here on the program each and every day, each and every weekend. And we always love and appreciate the fact that you're with us. So looking at the updates with the South Carolina primary, obviously no numbers coming in, but they are saying that those that I self-identify as Republicans are accounting for 69% of the voter turnout today. The Democrat primary happened just a while ago. So now it is the Republican primary, but again, it's an open primary. So you can have Republicans, independents, you can have Democrats, anybody who's registered to vote can vote in this one. And that's what Nikki Haley's banking on. But with Republicans themselves, 
Uh, yeah, Donald Trump's up big time against Nikki Haley. So her only chance to pull off a few delegates in this election today is to try and win over some of the independents and Democrats to turn out in this vote, which she's been saying that it's the, it's the two grumpy old men and that there will be a Democrat president or that will be a female president in November, either her or Kamala Harris. But says that Do, uh, Donald Trump will not be able to win in the general election of 2024. Fascinating stuff. We'll continue covering that as the day goes on. I want to get right to it, though. As we shift gears, we read the story about how you can stop crime in the nation. And apparently to some, we just have to change the definition of what crime actually is as we get into our latest and what's trending. And we go to the hotlines here. Let's go to the Hoosier Media Hotline. Happy to have on the program and for the first time for our national show. We've had him on the weekday program before. He's a former state representative from the great state of Florida. Excited to have on here Mr. Mike Hill. Mike, how are you, my friend? Nope. I think uh, he's a little sketchy. Are you there? Yes, I'm here. Can you hear oh, me? Oh, there okay? we go. I, I got you now. How are you, sir? I'm doing great, Andy. How are you? Hey. I'm doing great. So good to chat with you. I don't know if you've heard this. I know that you're in Florida. Ron DeSantis is working on some plans uh, along with the state legislature to try and work on ways to curb violence and try and curb theft and crime in the state because we're seeing crime all over the place. But I don't know if you've seen this. Hat tip to Fox News on this one. Uh, Civil rights attorney Ben Crump has come out with a genius plan on how to stop crime in the nation where he says, that crimes were written specifically to try and attack black culture in the nation, which is why we have to change what a crime actually is. It's like they come up with things to profile us for. And so whatever laws were made, I, I believe this with all the thing in my heart. We can get rid of all the crime in America overnight, just like that. And people ask how, Attorney Crump. Change the definition of crime. <laughs> Mike, what's your take on that? We just got to change the definition of what a crime is. Well, he's absolutely right. If you change what a crime is and not call it a crime, then we can get rid of crime. Sure. But of course, yeah. you know, Crump is just in the latest line of race hustlers who simply make it a living off of using race as an issue on any topic. And and he falls, you know, in the long line of uh, Jesse Jackson, Al Sharpton, and the rest of them. It, you know, it's just a way of making money, but it's complete nonsense. It doesn't solve the problem at all. Does this type of rhetoric, by saying we just need to change the definition of crime, but the, the conversation goes on to talk about how laws were created to attack black culture, which, Mike, I mean, I... I, I'm not of that minor. I'm not of that uh, heritage or that uh, descendants. But I would like to think of a little bit higher standard to think that black culture does not revolve around just violent crime against people, and we just need to allow them to do that to say that's part of their culture. To me, that's an insanely racist comment, isn't it? It's also insulting, uh, uh, Andy. I am a part of the black culture, and to say that if you steal something. That's part of the black culture. So we just change that crime. You can steal and it won't be a crime. That, that if you uh, commit a felony, you pull, pull a gun on someone, that's just part of our culture. So we won't make it a crime because you are targeting a black culture. That is nonsense. But, but our laws are based on, a lot of people don't like to hear this, but it's true, on the Christian moral values. A lot of it found in our Ten Commandments. Thou shalt not steal is one of the main things. And that applies to all cultures. 
it doesn't apply to uh, just certain cultures. And if you belong to one, that for some reason you have a propensity to want to continue doing that. So we're just going to forgive it. No, that's utter nonsense. And as I said, it's insulting for Ben Crump to even say so. Yeah. Amen to that. At the same time, what does this do with the relationship to law enforcement? When we try and actually bring communities together, we have law enforcement working hard to try and reach out to certain communities. And obviously, with some of the tension that we've seen between black communities and law enforcement over the past few years, uh, where things have really escalated, this type of rhetoric saying that if you commit a crime, it's because it's attacking black culture in some way, therefore, we need to change what the crime is, then therefore, does that also mean that anytime law enforcement tries to stop you from committing a crime, they're also attacking you on a personal level. Doesn't this also continue this divide that we have with law enforcement? Oh, it absolutely does. And, and the whole nonsense of defunding our police, defunding law enforcement, taking money away from them, and instead let's hire counselors who will go into uh, communities that are crime infested and have these counselors try to talk to these people talk some sense into them so that they won't steal anymore. Utter nonsense. What we need to do instead is to have more police on force. And we've seen evidence of this, Andy, in uh, New York City and in, and in Chicago, other big cities, Los Angeles, San Francisco, where they actually did defund the police and then crime skyrocketed. So it is not the answer to try and coddle those who will commit crimes, the answer is to come down hard on them, as Ron DeSantis is attempting to do in Florida. Yeah, amen to that. We're talking with Mike Hill, former state representative from the great state of Florida. Let's talk about your state and what Ron DeSantis is working on, because crime is rampant and going out of control in every major city across the nation, which is getting out of hand. We've seen the mayors of Dallas even uh, come out and actually shift political affiliation to a Republican because they realize what crime's going on, wanting to work more with law enforcement. So this is getting out of hand everywhere. What's Florida doing and what can we use as an example from here? Well, Florida is cracking down on retail theft, whether it happens from someone's porch or in a retail store. And what they are doing is making it um, the penalties for committing these crimes more stringent. Um, you can now actually have a felony for stealing packages off someone's porch. Um, you, you can have a, a felony for stealing out of a store if you belong to a gang of five or more. Now, Andy, I, I like where they're trying to go with that, that particular issue, but I, I think that it doesn't do enough. And this is why I say that. <clears throat> when I was in the Florida legislature, um, a lobbyist for one of the largest um, uh, supermarket stores uh, here in Florida, where they sell not only food, but kind of like Walmart, they sell everything. And so <clears throat> the lobbyist came to me and said, oh, Mike, this is what happens. Okay, let me back up just a little bit. The um, retail theft amount for a felony in Florida is $750. So you can steal up to, or just below, you can steal $749 and it not be a felony. It's a misdemeanor. And so what these um, uh, gangs would do is they know how much $750 worth of products are. They will get kids 
teenagers, 14, 15 year olds, to go into these stores and steal just up to $750. And by the way, that's per person. So they will go in as these gangs steal this stuff, come out, and, and even if they're caught, as this lobbyist was telling me, the managers of these stores don't have the time to leave the store to go to a courtroom to press charges for a misdemeanor when usually the person, because they are a child, will get off anyway. And so these theft rings know that. And so they will send those kids in there. Well, what DeSantis is trying to do, saying if five or more are involved in this theft ring, then it will become a felony. It doesn't have to be a misdemeanor anymore. It's a felony, which, you know, I applaud that. That's good. But where I think it doesn't go far enough is that these criminals are not stupid. Well, actually, they are because they commit crimes. But what they're <laughs> going to do, instead of having five involved, they're going to have four involved or three involved. And again, if you can fill up to $750 um, for four people, what is that? That's almost $3,000 that they've gotten from that store in just yeah. one swoop. And, and so I like what he's doing, but I wish it would go just a little further. Um, and there are other parts to it, which I think are very good, such as uh, if you are uh, uh, caught committing this felony, you must pay restitution. You have to pay back for what you have stolen, which I like. Um, and if a weapon is involved, then it becomes a first-degree felony, which could give you up to 30 years in jail. So I like what DeSantis is doing. I just wish it would go a little further because in my mind, Andy, and maybe I'm being just a little harsh here, but I don't think so, is that when you set these limits, $750, um, five or more, then essentially what you're doing is negotiating with the criminals. Instead of negotiating with them saying, don't do it. Because if you do, yeah, we're going to hit the you law. and hit you hard. That's right. Exactly. Yeah, Mike, hang on. we got to take a break here in just a moment. But it's fascinating. I was not aware of these thresholds of what was considered a felony versus misdemeanor, what you could actually walk away with and what was considered a gang. So the fact that this almost seems like a resemblance of what we've seen from California, which is what I want to go to when we come back and how that compares to what you guys are doing in the state of Florida. It's Mike Hill, former state representative from the great state of Florida. Lots more to to right around the corner here on The Voice of Reason. Stay here. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Where Hoosier Holics gather every week. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. So we have Steve Bannon right now speaking at the Conservative Political Action Conference. I believe he opened up the con- uh, conference as well Wednesday night or Thursday afternoon when they officially got things going over at CPAC in Washington, D.C. That means and tells me that they're probably about done. I saw after Argentinian President uh, Javier Milley spoke just a while ago that he was backstage. I saw some video that he was giving a hug to former President Donald Trump. So Trump is there, and I'm guessing that he will probably be speaking shortly after Steve Bannon. Steve Bannon may be introducing Trump on stage. We'll carry that live, if he does, during this program a little bit later in hour number two 
of the program. So don't go anywhere. Right now we're hanging out with Mike Hill. He's a former state representative from the great state of Florida, working on trying to stop theft and crime in the great state of Florida as the laws little too loosey-goosey. Kind of, it, it's odd that we would have laws like this, kind of like what we saw in California, where they actually increased the threshold and said that you can steal up to $1,000 or $900 or $950, whatever it is, of goods before it's actually considered a felony. And with law enforcement being strapped, we're seeing the businesses being looted left and right. I'm just going to walk out with $900 worth of goods. You can't do anything to me. And law enforcement probably won't even try to pursue anything because, like you said, it's very difficult to actually get these individuals to be in trouble with a misdemeanor, a little slap on the wrist, and it doesn't do anything. And as a result, we've seen businesses leave certain areas of California left and right. Mike, have you guys seen the same thing down there in Florida? Are businesses just fed up with these types of policies? Uh, No, Andy. In fact, we've seen the opposite in Florida. Businesses are moving to Florida, and they're leaving those crazy states like California and Illinois and New York And they are moving to Florida because we are tougher on crime here. I think we could be more tough, but we are definitely tougher than those blue states are. That is good news. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you guys are trying to crack this down, which is what's necessary and what you have to do. So uh, changing it from uh, are there other things that can be tuned, like you said, to fine tune this bill? That would be from, you know, $750 from five people, uh, whatever, to be considered a gang of whatever sorts. I mean, how do we fine-tune this to make it even better and more efficient to crack down on what's going on here? Well, I think we should have zero tolerance, um, Andy, to stop this theft from happening altogether. You know, they they have it as a third-degree felony, a third-degree felony in Florida is five years uh, prison time, and that's for repeat retail theft cases. Uh, It's a second-degree felony, which is 15 years prison time for using social media to recruit others to participate, and um, it's a first-degree felony for any individual who commits retail theft with a firearm or has already had two or more prior convictions of retail theft. All of that is going in in the right direction, and I'm glad DeSantis is doing that. But my only thing is I wish it was zero tolerance because in order for it to be considered um, a felony retail theft, it has to be $750 or more. Now, he's also gone against porch piracy, which the thresholds are much less there. You can have a third-degree felony which means five years in jail for stealing property value, value between $40 and $100. Now you're talking. And if we did something like that also in the retail stores, I think you see a lot less theft going on um, because people know that the hammer is going to come down on them if you steal. Yeah. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Porch Pirates is an entirely new thing. I mean, there's there's one conversation to have with the businesses going in and looting it, you know, and sometimes there are those scenarios to where, like you said, you know, uh, we got to be careful about someone where you're at the self-scanner and the self-scanner didn't scan something properly and therefore they're trying to accuse you of stealing. That's an entirely different situation. But when you're a porch pirate and you literally see someone uh, walking up to your porch, grabbing a box off of your porch and walking away with it, then we have a bigger situation here and uh, we need to really lay down the law and crack down on that type of stuff because we're seeing it happen 
unfortunately, more and more frequently across the nation as well. It's Mike Hill. He's the former state representative for a great state of Florida. Mike, we appreciate the time very much, my friend. Keep up this fight. We'd love to get another update from you again real soon, brother. Andy, thank you. It's been great as always. Hey, absolutely. Great conversation. We'll do it again very soon. All right, we'll take a break. we got hour number two of The Voice of Reason coming up right around the corner. We have CPAC going on. Matt Schlapp has come up on stage with Steve Bannon. I think something's about ready to go down. Just throwing it out there. We have that, plus we have the latest from the South Carolina primaries going on as well. So much to get to. The only live conservative talk show covering it this weekend across the nation, coast to coast. We're doing it right here. Don't go anywhere. It's The Voice of Reason's Weekend Edition right around the corner. Stay here.